Blog Talk Radio. To all you high school recruits out there, Getting you want to get right recruited now. by the college? To all you high school recruits out there, you want Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm an athlete now. You're an athlete. I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no man. Chad? You know, that is something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Me stop. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at GridironStud. And now, your host, Chad Thursday. What day is it? It's Friday. Am I right? It's Friday. It's Friday, it's Friday man. 29th. It's Friday, baby. TGIF Friday, September 29, 2017. When it's September, it's football season, and we should all be happy, but we got a whole bunch of other crap going on in the game of football and life right now. But for the next hour or so, or the majority of it, we will try to focus on the football games. We will, of course, in the interim, uh, in the outset, touch on a few things. I know my co-host, Amo Calamino, is here with me. He was uh, off vacationing or doing something other than uh, I, I was following you. Week. I was following in your footsteps. You were in nah, Southern California. No, man, I was California. out there for work. You tr- you're tripping. Yeah, you were out there for work. <laughs> out there for work, man. Come on. You didn't look like you were working in that picture I have of you in the Coliseum. Uh, you caught me in a kickback moment. And by the way, there was there were 140 mile per hour winds down here. I I deserved to get out of here. So oh, that you did, my friend. That you yeah, did. I was running. And I'm, from gl- I'm glad. I'm glad you guys ended up okay. I was. Uh, I love the city of Miami, and I you know I'm, well, I'm sorry obviously for other places that got hit hard like Naples, but uh, I was glad that you guys escaped. Uh, yeah, Miami's still unscathed. here, by the way. In case you are planning any future visits, Miami's still here. Uh, everything's okay and uh, will be just fine. Maybe not the case for some other places, Puerto Rico to be exact. Um, a very desperate situation there, which hopefully, um, you know, can can be fixed sooner rather than later. Um, you know what, Emil? I've, I've, this, this whole national anthem stuff has been going on. It doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. I'm obviously on record with my opinions on it. 
um, and, 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 and everyone seems to have an opinion on it. But what I'm starting to realize, and, um, you know, I've kind of observed this through my 45 years in life, but it, it speaks to me louder now than it ever has before, and that is, yeah, you know, issues come up in life. That's just life. Things come up. People mm-hmm. fall on one side or the other. Um, what, what's really hitting home to me with this is that there are some people out there, no matter what it is, they don't want solutions. They don't want peace. They are all for the unrest. It, that's their happy place. It's um, a moneymaker, man. You, I, mean, be, I mean, I'm being cynical. It's a moneymaker for them. Yeah, they're going to feed it. Um, it's going to continue there despite whatever uh, hand is put out by one side or the other or both sides. They're going to slap it away, and they're going to feed the flames. You know, it's just the same as, um, you know, there are arsonists out there, and arsonists love fires, and they love destruction. And you just have people out there, and now social media allows them to be out there, and they seem to be the people that speak the loudest. You're out there, well, and you're trying to talk about how solutions can come up, how the both sides can reach a common ground. You're going to be a villain if you propose that, solutions. You have people <laughs> able that just don't want it. They just don't want no. it at all. They don't care what no. it is. They just want the unrest, the turmoil. It's their happy place, or they have an agenda, or it just – and it's 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 really annoying. So if there are any young listeners out there, man, don't grow up and be that person. And if you have that kind of person around, you separate yourself from them. We need to isolate people like this. Can, it's can, just can, I, can I tell you something? Can, can I tell you what's annoying me more than anything? This is is probably the the final straw. If this was the first thing that happened with the NFL, it, it probably wouldn't even make my radar. Um, here I am, you know, I'm whatever, 49 years old. I've been a fan since literally as long as I can remember when I was five, six years old. And I still remember that. When you, when you, maybe you were a little younger than me, but when I was a kid in the late 70s, like 10, 11 years old, you didn't have all these channels to watch games. You got four games a week, basically. You got your two local teams, which up here were the Steelers and Eagles. You got the national game, which, thank God for me, was the Cowboys most of the time. And you got the Monday night game. So I used to love a show called This is the NFL. Do you remember that show? Yes. And they're, oh, they're they had a really like cool. It, yeah. yeah. And you got all the highlights, you know. And these guys, to me, and of course, of course this is through the eyes of a child, they were bigger than life. I mean, the uniforms, the fields, everything. You know, these guys were bigger than life to me. And, you know, as I grew up, you know, obviously I, I realized that they're not bigger than life. But it was always a part of my life. I love football, and Sunday to me was the day I would kick back, and whatever was wrong in the world, you know, or in my life, if something was going, not going the way I liked it, for those three or six hours, however long I had that day to watch, I would escape. You know, I would go, and it would take me, you know, not to sound corny, but a little bit back to my childhood. You know, for a little bit, I'm watching something, and, and it had that meaning to me. And in the last... 10 years especially, eight years maybe, and up till today, the NFL slowly morphed and been hijacked into something that, honestly, I don't even recognize. It started with the concussion talk, and I'm all right with making the game safer. I don't want anybody in a wheelchair to entertain me. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for Roman gladiators here. And, you know, then it went to the rules. The rules became very, very complicated. Um, then it went to the instant replay, and we stopped the game every two minutes because we can't really figure out the rules. Then it went to the exploitation of the sport in that it became pure entertainment rather than 
sports that was entertaining. And what I mean by that is we had the Faith Hills and the, the opening songs and Hank Williams Jr. And we talk, And now finally we're into the politics. We're into the Bob Costas lecturing me at halftime about gun control. Uh, we're in anthem protest. And, you know, actually more than angry, I'm sad because um, I feel like I've had something that I love stolen from me. And at, at the end of the day, sports to me was always something that unified people. I mean, if you, anybody who played sports in their life, it really didn't matter if your teammate was black, red, yellow, Chinese, uh, atheist, Catholic. All you cared about was that he was a good guy to be on the team with and that he could play, or, or she, if it's a female team, that they could play. The rest of it didn't matter. And it brought you together. And I feel like now I watch the NFL, and it's anything but that. You know, if you don't support these protests, supposedly you're a racist but yet personally i think it's disrespectful whether a guy kneeling is white or black i don't have a problem i don't see the color i see the action i get what they're trying to do i just think it's the wrong forum for it um and you know that's kind of where i stand on it it's, let me, it's, let me it's, ask it's, you this question amel um is it a big deal is it is it a big deal if a, a guy decides to take a knee can it not be ignored Okay, you decided to take a knee. Well, I wouldn't know about it unless the media blew it out of proportion. So, okay, so first of all, so are they to blame? Well, they're just they're feeding they're feeding for I mean they're taking our society as fractured as it is, and they're being opportunist and they're in business to make money. So I'm gonna have a hard time blaming them. I mean, if nobody cared about it, then they wouldn't report it. Um, they know people will lose their minds both ways, and and they. They take that route purposely. They stoke it. They make it worse. Um, well, let me let me throw it to you. Let me throw it back at you this way. A couple weeks ago, a kid from Oklahoma, Baker Maysfield, ran to the center of the field after they beat Ohio State at Ohio State. He planted the OU flag, and my God, the entire Buckeye Nation had their underwear in a bunch. He disrespected their field. But wait. It's just an emblem in the center of your field. It means different things to different people. The Ohio State emblem means nothing to me. I'm a USC fan. So he just disrespected an emblem. But see, that's my, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to point out here is we got a lot of people that were really upset that he disrespected an emblem. A kid from North Carolina State spit on that Florida State seminal. And my God, what disrespect. <laughs> he spit on a, on a piece of grass that's painted to look like a Florida State Seminole. Man, but let see, me, I listen, Emil, it, and here's my point of view. It's just my opinion. That's the kind of stuff that makes college football great. We have I agree with you. About, I, I'm not, that's not where I'm going. You, all right? we have a I big agree deal with you. you. Don't I think it's outstanding. You. Don't do that. I think if any team came down and beat yeah. our rear ends, both when I was playing or if it were to happen now, and came yeah. out to the middle of the field and did a dance and stomped all over the U. Damn, Emil, I can't wait for the rematch. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. I remember losing a streak, uh, the 58-game losing streak. I was on that team, University of Miami. We lost to Washington. And I don't know, Emil, that they were boastful about it, whatever. They, they, were, ha- they were happy. You have to be happy if you accomplish something like that. But but damn, man! The next time those guys came down to the Orange Bowl, it was a beautiful thing to watch that 2001 team. Like I, that, I, 
if you go back through their history, I don't think Washington's ever been beat like that. It's like you can't wait for the next. What, what do they want people to do? Like, no, Chad, you and I are cut from the same cloth on that. Like but, a big win? What do you want? That's not my point. Is I agree with you. I think that's what makes college football better than the NFL because it's not a job. It's actually about the school, and these guys do stuff like that. What I'm trying but to, to my say question is, though, Emil, is it a, a, can you just ignore someone sitting down? or taking a knee. I'll say these two things. Number one, yes, Colin Kaepernick um, sat, and then he took a knee, okay? All right, he did that. Do you understand now why this is so big? Because so many people wanted to make a big deal out of it. Right. They wanted to make a big deal right. out of it. Right, I agree with that. I agree with and that. Perhaps they wanted that to make a big deal Colin out of it. Wanted. And I'm on record as saying I'm, I'm, I'm cool with what Colin Kaepernick did. What attention to an issue that, you know what, Emil, not a lot of people that weren't black cared about, that weren't minorities. They didn't really care, truly care enough. But that's not what this is about now. I haven't on. heard from Colin Kaepernick. Where, oh, where, I know. Where's Colin Kaepernick? Great. That's, that's not what this is about now. You go down that road, you go down that road, that's, that's going to be our whole show. Let's just keep it to this. Right. Not a whole lot of people cared about what was going on with cops and minorities, specifically African-Americans in the communities. They didn't care as much or enough until Colin Kaepernick took a knee. But now I'm just not sure what – do they now care about what's happening, or is it just about uh, the guy disrespected the flag? Well, man, he disrespected the flag because you guys didn't care enough about what was going on. So, hey, if you're mad about the flag, hey, I'm mad about people getting killed with their hands in the air. So – you know, I get it. I I get I kind of get both sides of it, but yeah, hey, man. I mean, I mean, I, I'm just if telling you, you the way I feel. It's not. It's, it, we wouldn't be where we are now, correct? Correct. Correct. I listen. I I can understand both sides of the argument in that, like what you said about about police brutality, a hundred percent. You know, there's there's an issue there. I mean, do I think most cops are bad? Hell no. I mean, I think most cops do a good job, but. Do I think there's an issue there? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the proof is irrefutable. I mean, you, you see it. So I'm not arguing the point. I'm just saying at some point, if you keep taking the NFL into every – if it becomes a league that's just about pushing social, social justice issues, you're really going to shrink your base because most people just watch football to be entertained. They do. It's like going to the movies. I mean, if the movie started and I had to listen to a lecture from George Clooney about his political beliefs, I'm probably not going to the movies. Or Clint yeah. Eastwood or anybody else. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just not going to movies then. At a certain point, it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going here to get away from that. Otherwise, I have a, a channel on my TV, I'm sure, that I can get a talking head to tell me their opinion of it. Absolutely. All right, let's go, because I don't want to do a whole show on this. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I've said enough on it. I think I just kind of want to leave it there. Um, I'm on record, okay? Um, find my tweets uh, and my Facebook <laughs> posts. Let's bring it back to the game actually on the field last night. Um, there was controversy, um, a controversial thing that went on in the game last night. Always got to have some controversy. Um, there was a hard hit in the game. Emil, do you have an opinion on it? Because I do. Yes, I watched the replay. Um, admittedly, I didn't watch the game. Uh, I, I got my update on my phone, my bleacher report about the hit. As soon as it happened, I opened up the thing. I watched the video, and I say to myself, I mean, I understand football is a violent game, but that, that to me, when I got the right angle of that from the backside, 
that looked like he targeted him high. That didn't look like a guy who was just flying out of control, you know, trying to make a play. It looked like the guy was getting wrapped up and he, you know, basically held and 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 he took a, a shot to the head that was pretty violent. I mean, so I mean, I don't know. To me, that's something that's got to be eliminated from the game. That kind of stuff. I'm for hard hits, but but legal hard hits. What do you think should happen? I don't know. You know, money. I mean, you know, money becomes, it depends, you know, who you're giving money to. If a guy's making 500 grand, 25 grand's a lot. If a guy's making 15 million, it's not. I mean, to me, you've you got to take a couple games away from him because that's what these guys love doing, playing. I mean, it's the only way that you're going to make your point. You understand taking games away means game checks. I do. I do. But, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you coach this out of people, Chad? How do you coach this out, that kind of hit? I mean, that's not a hit where the kind that you and I have talked about, which I hate too, the targeting call in college, where a guy's coming down the seam, a safety's coming hard, there's a collision, it, you know, they're going full speed, you know, one guy, both are playing the ball. That to me is what I say, hey, come on, that's just, that's football. But that that guy was being, being spun and held up, and he just came over and absolutely clobbered him high. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. Um you know, this is a rough game, and it moves. Uh, listen, folks in the stands have no idea, man. They they have no idea how fast stuff is going on right there on the field. Um, I'll just give you a quick uh, a quick story. Obviously, I played baseball. Um, I you know, and years ago, I used to go in batting cages, and I you know, I'd go hit some balls. Um, I'm I'm okay with a bat in my hand. Baseball is a sport I played, and was probably. Um, probably something I should have held on to a little longer. So I'm okay in a batting cage. So I'd go to certain mm-hmm. places and it's throwing 80, it's throwing 85. Um, and I'm fine. I'm okay. I go to Coney Island with, and uh, they have a hundred mile per hour batting cage. Hey, why not? <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting um, the sweet part of the bat on the 85 mile per hour. Uh, aim at hundred miles per hour, which I'd never ever stood in against. I didn't get to the level of baseball where I would see a hundred mile per hour fastball. You probably had trouble seeing it, right? Um, I mean, I saw it, but it came at me in a way and at a speed I just wasn't ready for. And um, it came on me so fast, Namel. And you're talking about someone who'd been in there with eighty-five mile per hour fastball before. Or 90 mile per hour. I think I might have been in some 90 mile per hour cages. 100 miles per hour came inside on me and so fast. And, and uh, you know, it didn't come down the middle of the plate. Came inside on me. Hit. Now, imagine this. Two hands on the I back. remember when this happened to you. Yes, it hit, hit your the, finger, right? Hit the pinky finger that's wrapped oh. around the bat. And, and just kept right on going. Didn't die there. Just kept boom, boom. Can I can so I ask you a quick fast. question? Hey, who the hell's taking BP at Coney Island? Is is Mattingly showing up there or, or Dave Winfield? What know. the hell? Listen, <laughs> um, I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know how yeah. many people <laughs> in Brooklyn um, can get in there and touch and do anything with 100 miles an hour. And well, those mafia can. guys are pretty good with a bat, aren't they, in their hands? Yeah. <laughs> they, they... <laughs> uh, yes. But it's usually a stationary target on the ground covering up, not moving at 100 miles an hour. I haven't seen them deal with that. But, man, um, if you're touching 100 miles an hour and you're in Brooklyn, make your way over to the Bronx or the, or the Queens. They need you over there. Nevertheless, it was on me so fast. So from someone sitting in the stands who never – I mean, your highest level is high school football. To be on an NFL football field and realize how fast stuff's happening there – 
it's it, it's just not anything you can put together. And let's face it, the majority of the people um, making comments on what's going on on there are people who have never reached this level. If you go to like NFL Network and you listen to some of those guys who have played, someone like you know, I heard Willie McGinnis talking about it after the game, yeah. and he made a, a, a you know some very important points. It happens so fast out there, and if you know you're taught to tackle low, I mean it's just instinct, it's muscle memory. So he's going in there. He's going in there low to think that you are always going to hit what you target uh, yeah. as a as a NFL football player. is the same as, you know, a guy from Brooklyn thinking he's going to touch a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Sometimes you just don't hit where it is you aim. As you're going in low so you don't get yourself trucked or you're trying to make the best hit possible, and then a guy also decides to go low, man, sometimes you're going to hit helmets. I'm just not so sure that that was, it was malicious intent. When you start, yeah. Well, I mean, this is where this is where I always defer. Like I say, I have strong opinions, but on stuff like this, I'll defer to someone like yourself or a Willie McGinnis because you know more about it than I do. See, I'm not that hell bent on it because, again, I never played in an NFL game or a Division One college football game, so I can't I can't speak to that. I can't speak to having faced ninety something, and I can tell you, yeah, it sounded great. I tell people all the time. The first time a guy threw one by me, I said, "Man, that sounded good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I heard it. I didn't see it. I heard it. Well, it sounded I don't know what they're going to do there, Amo. I mean, everyone's clamoring, and, you know, the NFL has not been one to really be able to shrug off pressure. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the NFL, and there are going to be a lot of people pointing out hypocrisies. They're going to be damned if they do, damned if they don't in this whole thing. If they suspend a guy a couple of games, I promise you people who have played the game and people who want the game to um, not be – so soft are going to have a problem. And if they don't suspend the guy, they're going to call the NFL hypocrites. Um, can I, can I make a general statement? Everything. If I was running the NFL, I think where this, the league, if they really want to pivot, okay, and where I think they need to go generally is this. Their ratings so far this year are down 10 11% first last year. And last year sucked. If you remember, the excuse we got for last year was the presidential election. My guess is they're probably down about 16, 17% first 2015, two years ago. And that's about one sixth of your viewing audience. They need to pivot and they need to take their game back. And what, if I were the commissioner and the owners, I would make a statement to the tune of listen, we understand it's a violent game and we're working and doing everything we can to make it safer through technology, helmets, rules, everything. But you've got to understand, you know, the guys in football with collisions of grown men that weigh a lot and are strong. Guys get hurt. They get concussions. They break bones. It's just it's part of the game. And I think they need to slowly start to pivot this league back to a little bit closer to what it was. It's never going to be the 1960s. We don't want it to be that. We don't want guys you know, who can't say their name when they're 30. But at the same time, I think they need to start making the game more of what the, the, their core fan base wants understanding that, you know, that like you just said, if that's the way you guys feel and that's how you played the game, you could talk, you could speak to that, then maybe they need to say stuff like that. There's no way you. that's going to happen. You know why, Emil? The NFL got sued about concussions. Um, and they're getting sued about injuries. And that's their response to it. And it's just that's just not going to change. The other thing, too, is they want to glo- they want to grow the game globally. The commissioners brought in to increase revenues. And the way to increase revenues is to bring in viewers. And when you bring in viewers, most likely you're bringing in people who aren't really hardcore football fans, which is why I've done a lot of laughing over the last 
week or so with, or, or even the last month with people saying, oh, I'm going to boycott the NFL. Man, you never watch the damn NFL. That's, well, that's, that's a bigger Bowl, point. You're 100% you right on that. Let me, give me a break. Give me a break. Let me tell you something. Boycotting the NFL, these same people, though, that the players think are standing in their corners supporting these protests are going to be the same people that when this goes away, we'll be right back to tearing the game down because of concussions and other things. Because that's right. a lot of the people that you have out there right now that lean way far left and love stuff like this. Like, hey, you know, if the players spit on the flag, a lot of these people would love it, okay? They're going to be the same people that are coming hard at them again with concussions and everything else. You make no mistake about it. And that's why I'm getting pissed because they're all – cooking the golden goose here and that's, mm. that's the nfl <laughs> yeah you're trying to bring in more people um in your effort to do so you're almost alienating your core fans that love the game um for what it is and um you're changing that formula um and and then you're bringing in people that are fair weather like they're on you know me a long time, Chad. Let me ask you a question. You know me a long time. Other than your football playing friends, guys you played with, do you know a, a fan that you've since, you know, you know me almost 20 years now, 50, over 15, that loved football more than me or loves no. it more than me? I mean, no. I love it. Hardcore uh-huh. football. I mean, you know, I could, I could talk. I, we could stay on the phone. I could talk to you three hours about it. I love it. Sure. But, I mean, when you, when you have someone like me saying, hey, I didn't watch a snap of the Packers-Falcons last week, or two weeks ago, that's supposed to be a great game, I, 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 it's worn me out. I'll watch five college football games on a Saturday now, but I'm worn out. It's like I can't turn on my TV. Is it because I, I you just... watch too much college football and you're footballed hey. out by the time Sunday rolls around? No, or, it's, or... Because, it's because I just want to watch the football game. <laughs> For the love of God. Well, listen. Well, Amol, okay, fine. But at, once they kick the thing off, isn't it just football? Uh, well, it depends. They, you know, you get your you get your comments in there. You get your Chris Collinsworth. I will not call them the Redskins. I, we will address them as Washington until they change that horrible name. Like Troy Aikman said, their nickname's the Redskins. Until they change it, I'm going to call them the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Pretty simple, isn't it? Well, um, you know, I, I don't know where we go with here. Any way you look at it, though, there's still a bunch of fans. Uh, how many? So you don't think? Oh, net, let's net this out. You don't think that the, anything should happen other than maybe he gets the standard ten thousand uh, dollar unnecessary roughness fine, and we move on. You know, I hate to listen. I, I hate to go lame on this. Um, I don't have. A, I don't have a strong answer. Maybe a maybe a a pretty strong fine. Um, and a warning that if, you know, any such play like this um, happens again, then, you know, you're probably looking at a suspension. I just don't think you can take it right there and respond to um, fan outrage um, and the Twitter mongerers. I think you tell, you know, there has to be some kind of scale of escalation here. Okay, here, you got, you're going to get yourself a pretty nice fine. Um, And the note from the commissioner is, listen, we're trying to, we're trying to make this game safer for everyone. That's to your benefit. And, um, you know, consider this hefty fine your warning. Uh, should it happen again, you're probably going to miss a game or two or three. Yeah, well, and there's, there's definitely a lot of faux outrage at this point. You know, I mean, uh, there's no doubt there's people out there. Everyone's outraged who, about every, yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, every, it's so easy to offend. I'm offended. 
I'm. Uh, I can't believe you said. I'm a fan. Hey, shut up, man. Sit down. Get find something to do. It's ridiculous. Like, hey, be happy. Be happy. Everyone's so offended by every god. Dude, come on. I'm, I'm listen. I, I'm offended by you being offended at this point. Yeah. I, well, okay. We're on the same page there because I'm like you. It god, takes a it's lot. Ridiculous. But my, my, like I said to you in the opening segment, my disdain right now with the league has little to do with just that's a symptom, not a cause. The the protests at the end are merely a symptom to me. And I've, I'm on record on this show. You can go in the archives. Chad and I have both been talking about this. I felt the NFL is on a downward trend for the last four years. When we started saying this in 2014, people would call or send you messages that you and I were drinking because we saw it before it happened. It wasn't just the, the anthem protest or the final whatever. You know, you, you, Some people like them, some people don't. The league needs to get back to its core base, and I think that's what you're kind of saying here. It's like, listen, it's, it's a dangerous game. We don't advocate that, that hit. We're going to fine you. And don't do it again. But you can't just go. You're saying to to the execution, so to speak, by 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 uh, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know, Amo. Like if we went after boxing the way people go after the NFL, what would they do? I I, I mean, you know, granted, boxing has gone. You keep saying boxing. I got a better example. Every time you do this, NASCAR. They drive making left-hand turns 190 miles an hour. Yeah, but time out. Here's my, point on, my, here's my point on boxing. Let's say boxing went the way of the NFL and just went all out willy-nilly to try and make it uh, to bring in any and every fan that they could. And then those fans that they brought in, as I always say from the Bravo channel, you know, I always look at uh, television viewing as a bunch of different rooms. So if, you, if, you're, if you're bringing in more viewers, you likely snatch them out of the Bravo channel room to bring them into your, you know, your sports room. Let's say boxing went that route and you, you had an explosion in viewership. And then um, the Bravo channeler said, this is too brutal. Uh, when they start making the gloves bigger. And at some point we, we have the big circus gloves. Is that? No, we have, have slap. We'd have slap boxing. We'd have open fist slap boxing. Like, 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 like two, like two cat, like a cat fight. Okay. We'd have two guys standing there. With their palms wide open, just slapping each other. In a decade, would we be swinging pillows at each other in the ring (laughs) with headgear on? I like what would happen. This is essentially what's going on with the end. It's a dangerous. Come on, man! You're making me laugh too hard. I can't do radio. Two people in front of each other trying to knock each other out. That's what's going on in the NFL. But uh, the Bravo channelers—they'll do it every time. Hey, we got to talk some real football. (laughs) College football is uh, upon us. It starts tonight. We got a slate tonight. We got Saturday games. We need to talk about some college football, like the real thing that's going to be going on on the gridiron. We're going to do that when we return on the gridiron stud show. Stay with us. Sure, someone's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, 
You can design your own logos, do the wording whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Macho Man Randy Savage is not a happy, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better. Ten thirty-six on a Friday, football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. College football is upon us. We had a game last night, Texas Iowa State. Can't say I was too uh, <laughs> gung ho for that one. It did happen though. I watched Texas it. gets the win. Texas, I watched some of it. Uh, I could, it couldn't hold my interest. Sorry, I did slide. Well, over you know to what? The I will say this for Texas: be careful with him. Um, the defense they have there is playing really good ball. The question is going to be: can they get anything out of their offense? If they can, uh, as the season goes along, they're going to be a dangerous team to play. Well, you always have a chance when you're playing some defense, especially in the Big 12. It's not the norm over there. They frown upon stoppages, um, and they seem to be getting them. They didn't get very many against Maryland, but 
Um, you know, it's a slow. But you always ta- you always warn me of that. You always you new coach. You had a new coach. First game, new system, high expectations. Um, it's actually understandable to me that the Maryland game turned out to be a disaster because it just there was a lot of expectations that probably weren't warranted at that point for them. And right. I think now, you know, I think now they've got that out of their system a little bit. And you can see since the Maryland game, uh, they gave up zero to San Jose State. I know it's them. They they ended up uh, holding USC to 17 in regulation. And uh, last night they gave up seven against an Iowa State team that hung 41 points on, on an Iowa team that we saw what they did with Penn State. I think I, what I'm trying to say is I think Texas has something there. They just need some offense. Yeah, no, definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, tonight we have a couple of uh, several instru- interesting games. Why do we have such a heavy Friday slate, by the way? Just yeah, that, I was, was going to ask you. You're Weird. supposed to be the resident expert of all things uh, football. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. There's a lot of games tonight. I mean, I'm happy. I, it, it I mean, me he's something, you know? this isn't San Jose State um, versus UC San Diego. I mean, it's Miami and Duke at 7. That's Nebraska a very good Illinois. Game. That's a Big Ten game. Um, BYU and Utah State, there's always Benham there with these two from that state going at each other. And then USC, Washington State, did I miss something? Uh, something going on tomorrow, Saturday, that they needed to furlough games to Friday night? Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I don't know if they're just trying to. I think, I think it's kind of like uh, what's happening overall is football has become such a, a big part of our culture that they're they're basically trying to have a game on. If you really look at it, you got one Monday. Later in the year, the MAC games will start up on Tuesdays uh, and Wednesdays. You'll get some of that Sun Belt. Thursday, you got the NFL and usually one college game. Fridays, I just think it's going to be a seven day sport, and that's okay with me because I like football. Yeah, so I'm okay I with know, it. Emo. I mean, people say part of the uh, and there's there've been a lot of uh, reasons thrown out for the mm-hmm. uh, decline in in NFL viewership. Um, uh, one of them saturation. Are we when we start piling games, college football games on a Friday night, uh, a night usually dedicated for high school football? Are we are we are we looking at a situation where college football could, you know, too much sure. of a good thing? Sure, I mean it's it's potential, but you got to remember something too, and this is part of what I think saves college. There's 120 some Division One teams. You've got too many games on a Saturday sometimes anyway to watch them all. Sometimes it annoys me at the starting times overlap, and I can't, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there on my thumb. I have to ice it down at, at, at midnight. My thumb's going back and forth, back and forth. So I don't mind when college is spread out. My problem with the NFL spreading out like that is I don't think they play effectively on three days rest. That's demonstrated almost every Thursday night. And there's only 14 games anyway with buys. So what the hell do I need one on Thursday night for? I've got a Sunday night game, a Monday night game, so that means the Sunday slate with four teams on a bye should be 12 games. I don't need a Thursday night game for the NFL. Yeah, I would agree. I'd be just fine if they didn't have them, but uh, maybe the Bravo Channel people want that. What's on Bravo? (laughs) Well, I think tonight's games are um, interesting. This Miami game really takes on new meaning because Duke's surprised some people. I mean, that, that win they had against Northwestern, I know you were high in Northwestern, and they still may end up being a very good team, but um, they got paddywhacked to steal one of your words when they played Duke. Yeah, I do use paddywhack. And probably yeah, they got paddywhacked. Uh, I see Miami handling Duke here, just quite frankly. But again, I don't pick Miami games. Just me talking. Perhaps you have you you might want to go more in depth on this. Um, Duke's not on Miami's level right now. Miami's 
Miami's up to talent and they've got some coaching to go with it. So I'd be very disappointed if Duke hung around in this game past halftime. Really? I, I think I think home field will help them a while, but I kind of feel like you do. At the, at the end, um, home field might end up being a little bit overrated here. And, you know, the talent comes out, and I think that, you know, eventually Miami pulls away here for, you know, a, 10 to, a comfortable 10- to 14-point win. I, I, I would be shocked if, if Duke beat Miami. Let's put it that Nebraska, way. Nebraska and Illinois. Emil, I've not seen Nebraska yet this year. I did see Illinois. What is that at quarterback? What is, come on. This is, this is a Big Ten football team. Well, you're making fun of it, but let's be honest. Nebraska's not in much better shape. I mean, Nebraska. Well, like I said, I haven't you know, seen him, but this. Come on. What yeah. you, I, I need to get down on a kid, but perhaps there's another position this kid should be playing at Illinois, not quarterback. You Come well, on. I agree with you. I'm not going to make this a pick, but I, I will tell you that if I was picking this game, I'd still take Illinois at home with the points. I've seen Nebraska. Um, Mike, Mike Riley's. Mike Riley better wear, you know, heavy pants because his, his ass is getting warm right now on that seat. I mean. <laughs> you know what Nebraska needs to do? They need to chill out, okay? You, you're, not, you're not a playoff football team. This is, not the, this is not the 80s. This is not the Tommy Frazier era. If you've got a guy there that's going to win you nine games, slow your roll, okay? Ride oh, with yeah. That I'm, listen, I agree with you. I'm just telling you they don't think like that. They still think Amazing. it's Tommy Frazier. And yeah. – you know, losing at home to Northern Illinois, while you and I know Northern Illinois is a formidable program. Sure. Every now and then, lightly. one of these Mac schools are going to jump up on you. Like, relax already. Amo, they get 90,000 people to their spring game. You don't, you don't have to get all crazy if, if you're not in a 14 playoff. People are going to come. They're, they're, they're doing nothing else out there in Lincoln. Okay? <laughs> they're going to come to your football games. 90,000 at your spring football game. Stop it out. BYU and Utah. Has BYU scored a touchdown yet this season? Uh, I don't know. That game? offense that offense that they're rolling out there, you talk about the quarterback at Illinois. I mean, I'm watching some of that BYU offense. They're taking offense back to the 1920s. I mean, oh my God. Yeah, it's a bad situation. It's Utah bad. State not really going all that great. Either, I don't have much but... of an opinion on the game. I just know I, I, I don't expect a lot of scoring in it. But uh, hey, <laughs> All right, what's up with your guys? They're playing tonight, 1030 Eastern Time, USC, Washington State. They've been a tad bit Jekyll and Hyde-ish for me. Would you agree as a fan, or this is, you know? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make a pick on the game. I will say this. I think that fans in college football, and you, you always support this view too, I think fans have to understand who you're playing and when. A lot of teams right now early in the year look really, really good. If you check their schedule, fans are looking, they're not paying any attention to the competition. Now, I think if you really look at USC, sure, they have ways to improve. They're a young team. I mean, even the quarterback's a redshirt sophomore. I mean, he took the world by, by storm last year, but they're a young team. And I said to many people this year, if USC can get through September unscathed, and I had two games circled, believe it or not, that I, I worried me, the Texas game mm-hmm. and this game. The Texas game worried me because it was after Stanford. And I don't think fans understand. I know you do because you and I have talked about this. When you play a rival in, in a physical team like Stanford in a conference game, and the next week you've got to play a Texas, I mean, you're not playing Nevada. You're playing Texas. Now, you could say Texas isn't what they were 10 years ago, but they still have dudes at Texas. They still got guys. They still got four- and five-star players. So you're not going to be able to just go out there and roll out your C game 
and necessarily win the game like you could if you were playing what pick a school, Nevada, Miami, Ohio, I don't care. This game worried me because I knew after Texas they would go to Cal. I had no idea how Cal would be this year, but I knew it was a road game on the conference, and I said, here they come for a short week back-to-back road game. So I've, I've, I've said all along, if USC gets out of September uh, undefeated, watch out, because I think the team will continue to get better as younger players develop. So well, to I me, know if I big... let you, you'd do a whole hour on USC. No, right I'm just, I'm, you asked me well, my opinion. Just, I'm giving you my opinion. Folks, I just asked this guy one question about USC. Look at all this. Look at all this stuff we got here. <laughs> just what did I question. say that you disagree with? What, go ahead. No, I, what did I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't disagree, man, but if I walked away and went and changed the oil on my car and came back, you wouldn't even know <laughs> I left if I asked you about USC. Come on. You're, all right, you're doing stand-up comedy this morning. Yeah, let's slide over to Saturday. Ohio State versus Rutgers. Uh, what Ohio State needs to do is stop the sport, stop scoring points from last year to get this year's game started. What did they score? 70, 80? 70. I think last year was the, was the Michigan that got the seven. One of them got 70 and one of them got in the 50s. But, I mean, either yeah, I way, saw, Rutgers did not score. Yeah, I saw on Twitter this morning that Ohio State had scored another touchdown from last <laughs> year's game. I think they're going to need to stop here to get this I don't expect going. this game to be close, Chad. I think that this is one of those games. Ohio State's one of those classic bully college programs. Some teams sure. like Alabama will play a bad school, and they'll beat them like 37-3 to because they don't really care. Ohio State's like one of those schools that just gets off on beating a team by 50. I expect well, the they have Rutgers to. They're by about 50. They're taking an L, so they might, everyone must No, die. they do it every year. They could be undefeated. They'll still try to beat them by 50. That's, just, that's Ohio State for you. Well, there's folks down at the University of Florida that wished uh, Urban would, like, uh, that mentality would still be down there. Let's not last minute everything. But nevertheless, um, Vegas doesn't think this this will be close either. It's 29 and a half uh, in favor of Ohio State as they travel to take on Rutgers in New Jersey. Uh, Amo, uh, Florida State in a must-win situation against Wake Forest. When's the last time you've had to say that? Uh, I don't know if I've ever had to say it or remember saying it, but I tell you what, I'm going to let you expound on your thoughts on the game because I have a pick on this game as well. I don't have a, I don't have a pick on it. Um, Florida State is greater than a touchdown favorite in this game, seven and a half. And, man, I dare say, Emil, uh it might not be that easy. This is a 4-0 and wait. Listen, just even looking at this, um, you open the app and you see the matchup, Florida State versus Wake Forest. Uh, Emil, it says 0-2 Florida State versus 4-0 Wake Forest. Like, if I hit you in the head 10 years ago and you went into a coma and woke up and saw that, uh, you'd go back into a coma like, I, I must have woke no, up. No, I would think I was sitting on South Beach drinking Bloody Marys at 9 in the morning. I'd go, <laughs> so yeah. rub my eyes. Now, listen, um, the lineup of contestants in the Wake Forest game um, is not America's best. Appalachian State, um, Utah State, and uh, the Church Presbyterian. Um, they did beat Boston College on the road, but they're handling these teams. The last three weeks, 46-10, 34-10, 51-7, they're playing defense. This is a dangerous game, Emil, and I'm not just trying to be a dick here. This is a dangerous game for Florida State. It's on the road. They're playing a team that could play some defense. You've got a young quarterback, and um, psyches are fragile. For all the folks out there, Chad Wilson's stand-up comedy can be seen tonight at the Lowe's Hotel. You think I'm joking? Uh, admission oh, okay. is $25. Well, I can't, no, I can't I mean... wait for your pick. 
<laughs> I can't wait. Listen, Amo, this team can play some defense. I'm just that's all I'm saying. And you got a freshman quarterback back there. Um who, you know, oh, you don't know, know what I'm going to pick. I used to think you're really funny this morning. I mean, you're cracking stuff from all different directions. You're actually making yeah, me laugh. I had to wipe I my eyes the, at one point. Maybe I got at the liquor cabinet. I don't know. We'll have to uh, <laughs> launch an investigation. Colorado, UCLA, I have a pick on this one. What do you? Listen, I'm going to throw a question out to Twitter today. I'm just going to give you my answer to it. If I can remember, I'm going to put this out on Twitter. Cut your team out of it. Cut your favorite team, your college football team that you root for. Cut them out of this. If there was a college football team that you could coach, what college football program would that would be? If one of those teams is involved in this contest tonight, I'd like to coach UCLA. I'd like to go out there and just pound all of Southern California and then the rest of this country and find me defensive linemen and finally get them there to UCLA and start playing some defense. And, my God, there's no reason why UCLA um, shouldn't win double-digit games. Nevertheless, I do have a pick on this. Well, I mean, I, I think I think they're in a unique situation. If I were me, if I eliminated my team, I'd probably want to coach Miami because I have a program that, that has history, tradition, access to players. Um, while they compete with other Florida schools, they should own a very – a very big chunk of the state of Florida if they were if they're recruiting well in their backyard. So I'd be at Miami. I think UCLA is a unique challenge in that the the school my team is the school that's basically got the history in the sport there and and they have to recruit directly against them, not to mention the Stanfords and everybody else. So Right. Right. Uh, I just I have some ideas as to what I would do at UCLA. Oregon and Cal Amel, yes, um they lost the first game. Quietly, though, quietly, um, Oregon's mashing people. So does that continue against a a super giddy uh, Cal team here? I do have a pick on this one. Uh, so um, you know, I'm, I I'd be on Cal on this flow. game. I'll tell I'll tell you why I'd be on Cal. I look at Oregon's early competition. They really played no one in the Nebraska game. That that game ended up very close. Uh, they got totally. I mean, Nebraska came back hard on them in the second half, and we know what Nebraska is, nothing special. Um, Arizona State, who was totally against defense, beat them last week. Cal, if you really look, I mean, say what you want, North Carolina is not as good, but they have a road win against an ACC team. They had a Mississippi and SEC team come in and get beat. Say Mississippi's down fine. They're still a good an SEC program, and they, they played well for three quarters against USC last week. I'd be taking double digits in this, so I'm curious where you're going. Uh, 12 o'clock noon tomorrow, where I'll be in Gainesville, Florida, is taking on Vanderbilt. Um, will they blow this team out, or will it go down to the wire? They're the cardiac kids. Say this about McIlwain, Jim McIlwain, head coach of Florida. When it comes down to a last-minute victory, he's kind of owning it. I think he's 9-1 uh, in, yeah. in the, in the one-score game. So um, This could be a scary gonna... game for Florida. Vanderbilt got is. throttled last week. They, well, Vanderbilt got throttled last week against Alabama, and you know you talk about a team that is that the word you want to use there? You sure you don't want to create a new word for what went down? I, mean, I don't know what that was. Honestly, I have no idea Alabama. what that did. What Alabama that? got mad. They got them angry. They got them angry, well, and Alabama I, I, just opened I never a can. Understand. I never understand teams doing this. It's like the team we played last week uh, in the high school game. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. Uh, team cross town, Chaminade. Uh, listen, I'm not here to beat our chest or, you know, be stuck up. We've won three of the last four Class 5A championships. Um, we're, we're good perennially. Um, the team across town uh, has a good team, has athletes. If you watch the game, you can see that. 
but they're over there talking trash like they're gonna they're gonna beat us like like let a team sleep on you let a good team sleep don't wake them up what are you doing vanderbilt well Well, vanderbilt woke up alabama would that end up 59 nothing do i have that score right uh yes 59 nothing it was a whole lot to a whole lot of nothing and uh vandy comes in there with severe whip marks across their back well i got bad news for you i got bad news for you i know your son's playing but when florida's on offense um, you you may want to uh, bring an energy drink with you because this game has the potential to be like it has. I'm not saying it will end up that way, but it has the potential for 13-10. Okay. I mean that's been the history. Um, you know that I think there was one blowout in there one year in the um, in the three years that that Quincy was on the team. But by and large, this I mean Vandy plays football like that. Okay, and uh, Florida's yeah. not the only team that Vandy has you know, been able to do that with. They play defense. They don't, they're, you know, they don't turn the ball over. They're very conservative. They run, the, it's a short game. Um, so they're kind of made for that. Slide on to something that where you won't need an energy drink. This game last year was outstanding. One of the best games in college football last year. And it was Georgia and Tennessee, a Hail Mary one up with another Hail Mary. Um, I don't know what this year is going to, this year's contest is going to bring. I do know this, Tennessee uh, you want to talk about hot seat? Butch Jones' seat is on fire. Come on, Tennessee. Come on. You got to get this guy a win in a big game, and that needs to happen tomorrow against a Georgia team that's looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, this is an interesting spot because Tennessee has definitely underperformed throughout his you know tenure there, and certainly this year. I mean, last week they beat UMass 17-13. Uh, I, I I would be tending as from a from a handicapping thing if we were looking at it, I'd probably take the points here. I, I think Georgia might be a little giddy having, you know, one thirty one three at home against the Mississippi State team that was riding high coming in. Um they certainly play good defense, Georgia. They run the ball. Um if Tennessee can slow down their running game, this has the potential to be a real, you know, SEC backyard brawl. I don't know if that's how it'll go, but it has that potential. So I'd be probably inclined to say Tennessee's going to hang with them at home. Yeah. Um, it's Listen, their back is against the wall. Tennessee does know how to, um, at the very least, get you down to the final moment. Um, they won a- in Athens last year. So, you know, bringing it back around, uh, they got a legit shot. They need a victory, plain and simple. And it's crazy when we're, what, three, four games in, and we have these must-win situations popping up. Um, Mississippi State looked like like there were going to be something out of this world when they handled LSU, only to get handled by the same Georgia team we just talked about. They're at Auburn. Auburn's a nine-point favorite. Well, aren't you a little worried about here, – here's what that all worries me, you know, that what you just said laying that out. I'm worried about LSU. I mean, I saw what happened in that game. Mississippi State crushed them, 37-7. Wasn't even close. Made them look silly. Last week, LSU comes back plays Syracuse, who's not a good football team, in Baton Rouge, wins the game 35-26. Now, you know, this is Syracuse. I mean, you, you know, they, they should be going down there losing 38-7, in my opinion. So I'm a little worried that LSU's not much, which kind of leads me to where I'm going here. I think Auburn might might uh, handle them here. I don't know if they'll clobber them. You but think, I think Auburn's a legit nine-point favorite against someone right now? <clears throat> well... Their offense the last couple of weeks, granted against less competition, has played better. Their defense in that Clemson game, I mean, they lost the game 14-6. And Clemson, granted, 
got 11 sacks in the game. That you know you can't have that. Yeah, I mean but, defense is not the issue, man. It's offense. No, isn't that? It's what offense. I mean, I don't know if they for? can score enough to cover that number, but I do like if I'm going to lay points, I like to do it with a team that plays defense. And I think I, you know I don't see Mississippi State lighting the scoreboard up here, so I think you have a good chance to cover this with Auburn because I just really don't think. Mississippi State's getting it out right here. Their confidence has to be shaken after last week. One more big game I really want to talk about. That's Clemson and Virginia Tech. Um, Primetime game on ABC. I don't know where to go with this, man. I think Virginia Tech kind of is being overlooked this season. Um, but I don't know, Emil. They're they're doing things. You know, the Clemson, every, college football fans, we're all funny, aren't we? Every week we want to crown a new team that can't lose. Can't lose champion. Can't lose. Can't lose. Got Clemson, right? They looked great two weeks ago. I had, you know, Clemson, God, give them the championship. They're going to put back-to-back. Last week they played Boston College. And for those of you who weren't paying attention, they won 34-7. That game was 7-7 late in the third quarter. But at Clemson, Boston College stinks. So, I think, you know, we may be in a situation where maybe not having Deshaun Watson in a spot like this could be a place for Clem- where Clemson gets tripped up with the younger quarterback. Now, maybe not, but I'm like you. I think Virginia Tech's doing some stuff. Mm, uh, uh, so you like Clemson? Uh, you, well... I would take the points in the home team. I think Clemson will find a way to win this game, but I think it's going to be a good ball game. I really do. I think it's going to you be know, a good ball game. You know game. who I like in this game? Who? You'll have to find out. It's one of my picks. All right. Okay. You're up first, though, but let's talk about what happened last week as much as I would to like to not talk about what happened last week. Uh, it happened. So uh, let's bring it up as we get into our college football picks. Okay, well, we should uh, get some great uh, music to play before. I wasn't here, by the way, them. Chad. But your picks I, were. My picks were. I, I sent them in to you. You 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 aptly put them on the air. Uh, I was two and one. My loser was Colorado. I liked them at home. They were getting double digits. I thought they'd put up more of a fight early. They did, but Washington proved to be too talented for them. They got blown out, and that was my one loss. Now my other two, I gave you quality picks first. I came against my Trojans, okay, for all the reasons I told you when you asked me about them. Cal was getting 17 points at home. I saw USC coming off a win with against Stanford and Texas. A lot of injuries, banged up. Cal, 3-0 and football team, getting 17 points at home. The game was 13 all late in the third. Uh, USC eventually got up to a push. Cal got the garbage touchdown at the end. Final score, 30-20. We cover. And then... I go right back with the same theory. I take Iowa getting double digits at home. I think it was 13, 12, something like that, against Penn State. Uh, Penn State's a good team, but people getting a little bit giddy. They had three wins, Akron, Pitt, and Georgia Southern. They're going on the road for their first conference game. Iowa's not an easy place to play. Got double digits. Iowa had them down, should have won the game or could have won the game. Penn State scored in the last play we cover easily. All righty. What do we what do we got this week? Uh, this week, we're going to start off tonight. And uh, I went against my Trojans last week. Tonight, I'm going with my Trojans. They're giving six to Washington State. It's a it's a scary game. But here's the thing: Who did Washington State play? 
They played nobody. The one team they did play, which I give them credit for scheduling, Boise State is having a down year. That was a game where Falk got benched in the game. They had to go triple overtime or double overtime. They won 47-44 at home. Too much talent here for USC. They're not going to catch them sleeping. They know it's a, it's a trap game on a Friday night. I think the talent wins out in this one. I'll take the Trojans, lay the six to win up in Washington State, Pullman. Okay, next. You seem hesitant yes, there. Yeah. Okay. Yes, well, Luckily, next. this game is in September for them. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, thank God, right? Not in the rain. Next, uh, you were, you know, we make some fun of this, but again, Florida State's 0-2. Okay? They come in with two losses against two pretty good teams, I would call Alabama, and even NC State a pretty good team. What? Uh, Wake Forest is a paper tiger. I mean, for, for them, it's great that they're 4-0. I get it. It's Wake Forest. They haven't played anybody. I'm not opening my Sunday paper and seeing Florida State 0-3. I, I just can't imagine it. Okay? I can't imagine it. If they're 0-3, so I'm going to lay the 7.5. on the driveway? Is that what's going to happen? You're just going to Yeah, I'm going to leave the paper. If, if they lose this game, I'm leaving the paper on the driveway. My neighbor can have it. Um, I'm taking Florida State. I'm laying the 7.5. The quarterback got another week of practice. He was starting his first game last week. I think, I think they'll be a much better team this week. I'll lay the seven and a half. And then finally, Amon, if Florida State goes 0-3, there'll be so many people in Dade and Broward County sitting in their driveway waiting to catch the damn paper from the uh, newspaper guy that's going to... I was going to say, it won't be you because you'll be, you'll be giddy. I'll be reading your twi- Twitter post for, for, uh, for, for fun on, on Sunday on, morning. They won't even let that paper hit the driveway. They'll catch no. that and rip the paper off right there. Oh, yeah. They'll be out there waiting for the paper boy at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, Most definitely. Finally, we go out to your school where you want to coach and get some defensive linemen. We go to the uh, UCLA-Colorado game. And here's a game where I, I scratch my head. I say, okay, Colorado, sure, they got throttled at home. Washington's arguably the first or second best team in the Pac-12. You know, it's them and USC this year so, so far. Um, UCLA is not that. And when you're laying seven and a half points, you have to play some defense usually to cover. Or else that back door is always open. UCLA is not interested in defense. They gave up 58 against Stanford. They gave up 47 to Memphis. They gave up 44 to Texas A&M. Does that sound like a team that should be laying seven and a half points? I don't think so. I'll take the defending Pac-12 South champion Colorado Buffaloes plus the seven and a half. You seemed a little too happy to say that. Well, I could be wrong, and then you'll be making fun of me on Monday. I was sent a dig. Or on next Friday, I should say. Am I wrong? Am I just? Am I wrong on that? That I'm happy to say it? Always. It's like always a little knife that you twist when you go. You should have saw how happy I was. I became a Stanford fan for two hours last week or three hours. Good. <laughs> These guys aren't even a threat to you. I know. It's just it's kind of like you with Florida State. You know what I mean? It's just it's the way it is. I don't know how to explain it I love it to the you. Seminoles. You're tripping. Yeah, you love the Seminoles. Sure. Right, you love the Seminoles the way O.J. Uh, loved. The way O.J. loved Nicole. Oh, man, don't go there. <laughs> Someone might get offended. All right, let's Sorry. talk college football picks from yours truly. I do need to fix that. College football is supposed to be my thing. Uh, one and two last week, we'll fix that here. Uh, I'm going to jump right on a game you just hopped off of. We're on the same side on this one. You've got to play some kind of defense if you're going to be covering seven and a half against a team that has a pulse, which Colorado does. This is not San Jose State. Uh, this is not Hawaii that you're playing an in-conference opponent who, by the way, 
uh, was in the final game of the conference last year. So Colorado hasn't dropped off that far. Uh, they're going to come here ready to play. There's blood in the water. They are. You know, they have to be motivated by this line. Like they've got to be saying, "Well, who is UCLA to be greater than a touchdown favorite against us?" Are you kidding me? I uh, expect a full battle from Colorado. Wouldn't be surprised if they went in there and got a complete uh, outright win against uh, UCLA. I'm going to go take this big one. It's Clemson and Virginia Tech. Clemson flying high. Everyone calling Clemson. Uh, the best team in the country, and perhaps they are. I just think this game is going to be super close. Virginia Tech um, knows how to play some defense. They know how to play this team tough. I think it's going to be a very difficult game for Clemson here. And I just think this is a this is a little bit too much cheese for Clemson to be laying on the road. Um, that's just how I'm looking at it. And I think Virginia Tech makes this um, a battle back and forth all day, all night, probably a field goal or a late score settles this one and that doesn't lend itself to a cover of seven points and then also i'm gonna stay in that pack 12 i did tell you i have a pick on uh the uh oregon versus cal game cal's probably better than people think folks people are ready to write cal off i'm with you oregon had trouble against the real um not even that to be honest with you I, arizona state's nobody and they took a l to those guys and then um they beat up on some cupcakes they ran up some scores um you know i mean they Murdered, what is that, Southern Utah, um, yeah. very close against Nebraska, uh, beat the living tar out of Wyoming, and then last week they face a semi, semi, and I'm, I'm, that, I'm even stretching it, semi-real opponent, and they took a loss. I don't know how that translates into them being a greater than a two-touchdown favorite against the California team that looks like they have a little bit of moxie. So I'm going to run with uh, Cal on this one. Those are, those are my picks. Cal plus 15, Virginia Tech plus 7, Colorado plus 7.5. we got to jump and take a break when we come back. NFL talk here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! All right, we're 
We're back on a Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. NFL time. We talked about last night's game, Bears-Packers. Um, Aaron doing his magic. It was a rather uh, nasty offensive play ran down there by the goal line. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. A little fake rub route. I uh, put it up on Twitter. Um, a lot of people seem to like it. A lot of offensive people. As a defensive a coordinator and a DB guy, I can't stand it. That's crap. I hate it. You mean the the pick play? Oh, uh, the fake pick play. They didn't even actually pick. They faked like they were going to pick and then uh-huh. went on their merry way. Wide open for a touchdown. Bears could have done better on that, but hell, it's the Bears. 35-14, no easy win for the Packers. Were you surprised at all by how easy the Packers won that game? Or No, they were my pick in my, my survivor pool. Um, the short oh, week, were they home, really? green. Yes, they were, swear to God. Very shrewd of you. Uh, I, I mean, the Bears were giddy beating the Steelers last week. Short week, they're going to Green Bay. Mm, that's I, 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 know, I dare say this. I dare say this, Emil. Um, road team on that Thursday night. I don't know what the record is, but you could stay alive in a survivor pool, kind of fading a, a road team uh, on those Thursday nights a lot. You could you could probably do that. Sure. I was thinking the same thing. If you we should start looking at that. I mean, because I just those teams just tend to get get hammered on the road. Yeah, I did hear someone say, though, that kind of counter to the argument that a lot of people are making about Thursday night football and the safety and all that is that um, uh, one player, and I forget who, saying that that is the easiest week of practice when they have a Thursday game. They don't really do They don't even really practice. They'll go out there and almost have like a a walkthrough. You know, Monday and Tuesdays are off. Maybe you come in on Tuesday, do a little something Wednesday, then there's a game Thursday, so. Uh, that might lend itself to not really being prepared. It's usually against a divisional yeah. opponent that you have a lot of information on. So there isn't a whole lot of uh, prep I need to do. If you're if you're one of the home teams, though, you roll out a couple of new plays in there, you might might have that road team on the ropes there a little bit. But nevertheless, all right. NFL football uh, this weekend. Um, I don't. There aren't a ton of matchups, I guess. That. Uh, Blow your socks off. Just want to point out a couple of things. The Saints are at home against the. They're three point favorites. That was they're a at surprising. home though. They're in London, buddy. Is that? That's right. I see nine thirty sitting here. I mess up on these London games. You know why? Because I'm on one of these sites where it's just all about the point spreads. They're not yes. really trying to tell me what's going on. All right. So I get it. Uh, Dolphins bummer. Last week you can't be losing. To the Jets, like that. No, you, they didn't just lose. I mean, they were getting shut out till the final minutes of the game, 20 zip. I mean, they, they threw up a, gar, a garbage touchdown at the end. Um, I don't know how uh, I, Emma, I watched the game, okay? I watched, I, I, I watched the game, and it was amazing. May God bless you, my son. The Jets, I mean, you know, I had my reasons. The Jets ran the same play over and over and over again, and it wasn't until late into the third quarter that the Dolphins made a, a necessary adjustment. And... You know, the Chad, I got to be honest off. with you. I don't think the Jets have but more than 10 plays. Okay. Well, they found one that worked against the uh, <laughs> yeah. Miami Dolphins, much to their chagrin. But, yeah, um, we got a game in London. It's hard to handicap these London games. It really is because different teams, like, like we will talk, you know, we'll talk about that later with the Ravens. I mean, they just went over there, I mean, and got absolutely throttled last week. It's very hard we to figure out. more than one game in London, though? Why? One. I don't think. One game. I, I, I have no idea. The reason. Come on, Roger. Got no idea. No idea, Roger. Pats, Panthers. Um, that's a heavy line. Nine, justified? 
I don't know. New England, you, you know, we say this every year, and then things uh, then things change. But um, they 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 don't look to be themselves yet. And maybe that is who they are. Maybe they'll get Especially better. But right now, yeah, yeah. Um, they look slow. I mean, <laughs> Houston's playing a rookie quarterback. Now, I like Deshaun Watson, make no mistake about it. But they're playing a rookie quarterback on the road. Um, they scored 13 points the week before in Cincinnati, and they basically had the Patriots beaten for the, for most of that game. And, uh, you know, Brady pulled it out for them at the end. But, I mean, 33 points given up to the Texans? Whoa. Yeah, everyone's um, – I mean, you got to be scared, though, with the Patriots at home. I don't know where to go. Uh, with that one, maybe I'd maybe I'd lean Carolina, but I don't I don't mess with the Patriots. Mm, your guy, Carolina's your guy. offense, the, the, the Carolina's offense scares the hell out of me. As far as they seem to really have trouble moving the football, though. So yeah, it's an ongoing problem, and you got you got some guys. I mean, Olsen being out is a big deal. I don't know how much people realize that. Huge, uh, that's huge. He's their best receiver. Yes, if, if you ask big, me, big, he's mean, a safety blanket. You know, so so now who would be the safety blanket? For Cam Newton, you don't have that type of guy. You don't have a, a super reliable, and you know your rookie running back that was supposed to be everything is—he's a rookie, and so sure. um, I, I'm with you on that. Um, your the Rams, hottest, most scoringest team in. If, if for folks who don't think coaching matters, just look at that situation right there. This team couldn't. This team couldn't move a football on air, and uh, they're no. forty points routinely now. So should your Cowboys be? Worried? I, I don't know. I will. I will tell you when we get to our pick section how oh. worried they should be. We have a pick on this one. Um, me personally, I think the Rams, for all that I've just said, um, probably being oversold here. So I would lean in the Cowboys' direction. Um, you did talk about him. Uh, the Houston Texans home against Tennessee. In Wait, a you skipped the game tank. here in the rotation. What about the Lions Vikings? Oh, screw those two guys. No, Sam Bradford's got game. that sheet white look on his face. He's out again. You, we talked about that in previous oh, shows. Man, he gets Case hit. Keenum is in there, and you know I'm a yeah, I know Keenum that's fan. your guy. That's your guy. Yeah, so, um, I'm, I'm. You, you gotta feel a little funny though when you're only a two point favorite at home. Like when you fall below three points as a favorite at home, uh, I cause to worry. I've been impressed with the Lions so far this year, and I mean that that was just a weird play at the end of that game where they, you know, they 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 had an upset close there against Atlanta, and the, the knee was down on the one yard line, and the clock expired. I would lean to the Lions in this game. I mean, I don't have a pick uh, on it officially. I, I would do the same, man. Lions kind of got cheated out of a win, then they go into the locker room, and their meals that they're supposed to take were caught on fire. They're going to come into this thing pissed, okay? And uh, Minnesota's on a backup quarterback. Might be the reason why we're under three here. Yes, I'd lean to the Lions if I were you. Titans and the Texans in a huge AFC South matchup. The last time you ever heard something like that. Uh, interesting. Yeah, game, I know. To say the least. Titans, Titans didn't do bad for themselves last week uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. And Houston, they're just going to get better every week with the rookie back there at quarterback. I would lean Houston this game, believe it or not, because the more I look at this game, I say, you know, Tennessee, to them, that was a huge win last week in Seattle at home. And no matter what, when you play Seattle, it's usually a physical game. So they have that, and now they're going on the road, playing a team that's getting confident. I mean, the, the loss, if there's a moral victory that's going to help the team, it would be last week's going to New England with a rookie quarterback and taking that game into the final seconds. I think the Texans... We'll we'll be ready to play here at home, and uh, I would take the points here. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if Tennessee's ready to be a road favorite, and uh, I'm with you. I like Houston at home. I like the, I like Deshaun Watson. I like what they look like with him there, quarterback. I'd kind of lean in that direction. The Ravens are back home trying to uh, clean the cuts and bruises from whatever the hell went on. It's been a tumultuous week for them. Um, can they get their act together back at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm going to say no, Emil. I don't have a pick on this game. I like the Steelers as a road favorite here. I just think something's wrong in Baltimore. Let me tell you, I like well-run franchises when they get beat bad. And when they get beat bad and they, they're a home underdog, I really like them. This series has always been close. Mm-hmm. And I think that game last week is a wake-up call. I mean, it's still a 2 and one football team. Granted, they beat Cincinnati and Cleveland, but NFL wins all count the same. Okay, they're two and one. Pittsburgh comes in here. Where's their impressive win so far? I mean, I picked them to, to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they they beat Cleveland by three at Cleveland. They lose on the road to the Bears, and the twenty six nine win at home against Minnesota. They opened it up late against a backup quarterback. Um, what warrants them being a road favorite here in a series that's traditionally been very close? Yeah, uh, maybe you're right. I just. Like I said, don't have a pick on this one. I'm just thinking they got a little bit. They got some more issues there than maybe um, people might think. Something Something's going haywire there. Oakland and Denver, big matchup there on Sunday. Uh, every, a lot of eyes going to be on that one. I have a pick on this game. Do you? And if not, which way you lean? Uh, I don't, but what I would lean was, would be Denver. Denver's a different animal at home. I mean, we, we, we see that every year. Um, I'm not sold Denver at the end of the year. is going to be much more than a 9-7 and seven team. But when they're home, I mean, you look at their last two games as an example. Dallas comes in there, and they beat them 42-17. They turn Dallas over a couple times. They play great defense. They go to Buffalo, they lose by 10. 26-16, different animal at home. And you got the Raiders here playing their third road game of the first four. They're on a back-to-back. Sunday night, they look like garbage up in Washington. Um I, I just don't like the spot for the Raiders. I really don't. I, I thought the Raiders would have a little fall off this year, and I, I think these two teams are much closer to one another than they were yeah, last year. Yeah, you might year. be right on that. Yeah, um, you know, Like I said, I've got a pick on this one. Yeah. Sunday night game, obviously I'm not going to have an opinion on this one uh, other than to say the kid is out. He's not playing. He's got a knee injury, and this is like a day-to-day, week-to-week thing. Um, Seattle, huge favorite. In Your this son contest. has a knee injury. Yeah, knee injury. So he's out this week. Was out last week, and uh, it's a day to day, week to week thing. So we'll just have to see. Rookie Chronicles there. Nevertheless, though, the last time the Colts ventured out of Indianapolis, it was ugly out there in Los Angeles. So I don't know what to expect with them against the Seahawks. Seattle's having a hard time. Well, scoring, I mean, they also have a different favorite. quarterback right now. They've played two decent games. I mean, they easily could have won the Arizona game. They blew that one at the end in the second half, I should say. Cleveland, they held on and won. It's Cleveland. I mean, Seattle hasn't been world beaters either. Now, granted, the competition has been better in their two losses, but they have a win against San Francisco, 12-9. Um, if you force my hand here, I wouldn't pick this game officially, but I'd be taking 13 points here. I just don't like the Seattle offense. I think if the Colts play a conservative game, this game will be low scoring, and they can easily come within the number. Yeah, by the way, if you're tuning in uh, for high school football talk and report, it's coming right up. I'm going to have Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com on with me in just a few moments. Amal, let's fly through these NFL picks. Uh, NFL is your thing, so I'm going to go first here, and uh, here's what I'm liking. Uh, The Jets, 
I pulled something out of you you know where last week against the Dolphins. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see it at all. People are all over. Listen, Jacksonville just played in London and came home. You were this is not just a road game. It was an out of the country game. Um, you blew the team out. You're giddy. Maybe you didn't prepare the way you need to this week. Now you're a road favorite. Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm all over the Jets. And I think I'm getting three and a half. What am I getting? Three points on this? Three. three it's down points. to a solid three. Yeah, I like I like the uh, Jets in that spot to follow up on what they did last week. Um, Atlanta, you know, they were in the Super Bowl last year, so they always are going to get this benefit of the doubt and all that good stuff. Uh, Buffalo played a strong game last week, and they get no credit for it. They knocked off Denver. That's a good football team. And uh, their prize is to be a seven-and-a-half-point underdog in their game against the Atlanta Falcons. I like Buffalo in this one. Atlanta might be a little bit high on themselves. And then the final game that we talked about, Denver and Oakland, I'm with you. Denver, tough place to win. Denver at home off of a loss. you got to love them here. And against a divisional opponent, a heated and hated divisional opponent, I like Denver in this one. Um, defense and uh, defense and a running game and some solid quarterback play. I think Denver gets the win in this one. What do you like this week? Okay, and by the way, you were one and two last week. I was one and two as well. We won't we won't cover those picks today. We, we're running out of time. Uh, I gave away something early. I took Baltimore plus three. I, sh- I went into my detail on that game. I just it's a traditionally close series here. I, I'm not I'm not high in laying points with the Steelers right now as a road favorite. I think Baltimore should be if they're if they're not pissed off after last week. Then yeah, this team has big problems. I'll take the Ravens plus three. Um, Dallas and the Rams. I'm going to lay the six with my Cowboys. Traditionally, um, I try to stay away. If but when I see an opportunity, that's a low line to me. The competition's been bad for the Rams. I mean, yes, no offense. The Colts are not a good team right now. They hammered them. They hammered the 49ers, who aren't a good team. They lost at home to the Redskins. The Rams are still building something. I think Dallas has a lot of talent. If they can put it together, I'll lay the six. And then finally, I'm going to swallow hard here. I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers and lay the point and a half against the Eagles. Whoa. That's a tough road, tri- tough road trip for the Eagles. They won a big divisional game last week against the Giants, high as a kite on the kid's 61-yard field goal, which we didn't even touch today. kid made a 61-yarder in overtime. Yeah, the, yeah, the Chargers 0-3, but three games where they could have won, and that's the Chargers' story, basically. They're competitive and they can't win. They're not going to lose all 16 games. There's not. They have some talent there. I just think this is a spot where Bosa and Ingram can, uh, you know, cause some problems for Wentz, maybe get a few turnovers, and I, I like the Chargers to win their first game of the year here. I'll lay the one and a half. Yeah, I tend to lean on you, but the Chargers burned me last week. They burned me severely. They just burned did people not all the time. The Chargers are Jeez. a maddening team. They're a maddening yeah. team. They lost their first game to Denver uh, by three. The field goal kicker screwed up that game. They lost the next game. I forget. Oh, Miami, the field goal kicker missed that. You know, they had two games on field goals. Last week they're down seven against Kansas City, and they end up losing by 14, but they're in the game the whole way. That's the Chargers, man. San Diego Chargers. All right, that's it. That's it for us on the college and NFL talk. Emil's going to take off. We're coming back after the break, and I'm going to have Joshua Wilson on from FloridaHSFootball.com. Florida football is next here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Emil's checking out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's the Gridiron Studs Show. Hey, man, how many offers do you have? Well, I got about 10. 
Miami, Florida, Florida State, Auburn, USC, and more. How many you got? None yet. None? <laughs> Is this you? Are you sitting there with no offers whatsoever? Are you a good football player? Then head over to gridironstuds.com right now. At Gridiron Studs, you can create your own profile for free and post your highlight video. College football coaches are visiting gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for prospects. But they won't find you if you're not there. Don't keep your talents on the field a secret. Put up your free profile right now on gridironstuds.com and get college football coaches' eyes on you. Visit us now at gridironstuds.com or follow us on Twitter at gridironstuds. Gridironstuds.com. Make yourself be seen. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! We're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Florida High School Football Talk is next on deck. And as uh, usual, every week, I'd like to have my next guest on. So very knowledgeable on this very topic. And uh, I think we're back in we're back in full swing, are we not, Joshua? Ah, uh, yeah, I think we are now. Finally, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good to get things at that point now. Yeah, it's good to get things flowing back the way that they need to be. High school football here in the state of Florida, after Irma's damage, uh, has gotten back into the full swing of things. Uh, a couple of things, though, you're making up games. Uh, I know you've got some teams with that are playing like two or three games within a seven, eight, nine, ten day period. What are your thoughts on that when you got a team that uh, – I think we've got a couple teams. Um, I want to say Everglades is one of them that's going to play three football games, I think, in the span of seven to eight days. Uh, there was one there's – one, there's actually one school down in Sarasota uh, – over in Sarasota, and they were playing three and six. So it's it's really crazy what's going on. And at this point, the teams are trying to make up these games where – you know, we had the two hurricanes last year that kind of affected different parts of the state, and teams were just like, yeah, we'll scratch the schedule. We're not going to worry about making it up. It's like everybody's here thinking, 
we need our games. We need our playoff points because we want to be in the playoffs. You know, right. I think the mindset of the playoff system has totally changed that. And and, and really, really, and I, and I have said this to several people, I'll say it again. You know, Irma really, you know, if you wanted a good test for the playoff, for this new playoff system, Irma gave it to us. Irma sure. definitely, she gave it to us. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, what are we what are we talking about? Big games here tonight. We, you know, we had a number of games last night. What what what's the big ones we're talking about here tonight? Well, you know, I mean, because of course, of, of course, with Yom Kippur being uh, starting at sundown tonight, a lot of games were played last night. But there's still quite a few really good games. You I mean, I, I think tomorrow tomorrow night though, I think is really a big one, and then that Northwestern IMG game. Because that really, you know, Miami Central couldn't stay very close to pulling off the upset on the win on IMG. Does Northwestern have what it takes? That's a good question. Well, and, I, and, you know, it's, it's, and what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, uh, were you surprised, you first of all, were you surprised by what happened with IMG and Central? What did you expect there? And is that what you, you, is what you I, got? I thought, Central had a, I thought Central had a chance and they showed it. They just didn't finish the deal in the fourth quarter. You know, again, I mean, we, 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 everybody talks about, four, you know, football's a four-quarter game. Well, hey, there you go. Here's an example of where you didn't finish the game in the fourth quarter. I think in in this case, if it, if it was IMG coming down the trash to play these games, I don't think IMG would be walking away with two wins, potentially. Yeah, why doesn't no that way. happen? <laughs> That's a good question, considering that IMG is willing to make a little short trip to Venice next week. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is okay. You're willing to go to Venice, but you're not willing to go to Traz. What's, what's your thi- what's what's the thinking here? Are you are you afraid to play in the Mecca because hey, these boys down here have been playing football. Uh, and you know your IMG, you, you you claim to well, you know, not even claim. You run around and you try to get the best of the best. You should be able and want to play anywhere. Right. You know, if that's the case, you want to be able to play anywhere. I maybe mean, the other thing is that you know. um is that you know with, with the thing with the with the way the school funding is down there and the fact that the teams don't have the money, IMG's probably paying Central and Northwestern to come there. Uh, and, and, and in the case for Venice, they're probably able to pay. And they're able to pay the bus trip for IMG because it's not that far away. That, that might be a different case, but I think if the schools did have the if, if Central and Northwestern had you know you know a good booster club, which I know boosters are hard down there, you know hard to find mm-hmm. booster clubs are hard mm-hmm. to find down there at a lot of schools. Right. If they had the money, sure. Yeah, we would pay. We'll pay. We'll pay y'all to come to us, and we'll play at the Mecca. I'm hard That's pressed to think. Yeah, I'm hard pressed to think that in, um, in, in trying to schedule games with both Central and Northwestern, there wasn't a heavy push from uh, one of or either both schools to try and get IMG down here to uh, Trash Powell Stadium. Mm, yeah, I mean it's just it's just one of those things. I mean. It was just one of those things with that. It's just you know, again, it's it's money. It's all, I think it all comes down to money when you play, get some of these games scheduled up. And you know, in, in Central, you know, I I know that with Central they got money to go with Bishop Gorman, but which we all know that Irma did not help with that one. But again, right. the, the, the thing, but but looking at the game, you know, does Northwestern have a chance? Yeah, they'll probably have a chance to keep that game close again. Can they pull it off? That's I, I'm not going to let IMG burn me here on this one, just because it's, it's at home at IMG. So you know, if this was again, if this was a tra- if this was a Traz, forget it. It, 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 it. I would I would take my I would take every Miami team every single day at Traz against an out of area team. That's well, how about it. New Orleans? And, how about New Orleans and Central last night? That was that was a that was a tight one. That was close. That and, and that district, you know, it's a district of death down there. 
And, and that thing with that district is just that you know, I mean, people were talking about you know, with the again you know, with the point system, you know, it's not it's not so much oh you lose these games, you're worried about your playoff life in the, in this district now, because you know, you you could you could you could be third or fourth place and get into the playoffs. And I think this is district sixteen and six day. This is the one district I said I circled immediately and I said, hey, this team, this district will take four of their five teams, no questions asked. I still believe it to this point. That's what's so, so help help me out with this uh, again. I'm full. I'm still trying to fully grasp the whole point system thing. Um, so let's say in our district, uh, we're in we're in class five A. I'm not sure exactly. Um, district sixteen. District sixteen. I knew you would know. Yeah. So it's it's not a given then that if uh, if us and Cardinal Gibbons finish one and two in the district that um, we you, you know we both be in the playoffs is would there be a chance that the second place finisher in our district m- would not make the playoffs there's, there's always that possibility in every district that that second place finisher might not make the playoffs and there's very and, and I have to be honest with you there might be even a good chance where a third place finisher jumps over the second place finisher to make the playoffs so if that's the thing it's that that's the thing right there is that there's that chance. You know, I wouldn't say that the chance that the chances are wide open, but there is that chance where a third place team, just because of by happen chance of their schedule and the mm-hmm. way they played it, like I say, they lose two district games, they're eight and two, but yeah, look at the rest of their schedule. You well, know, now would a head to head matchup trump the points or no? So for instance, let's it, say it would, American Heritage finishes you, you one, Cardinal Gibbons is second. Cardinal Gibbons beat Jackson, but Jackson has more points. What happens there? I mean, it, it, it really comes down to, in the end, it's not so much how much total points you've got, it's what your point average is going to be divided by how many games you end up playing on your okay. original schedule. If you, res- if, you, if you schedule a different game now at this particular point than what was on your original schedule, they're not going to count it. They're not going to look at it at your win-loss record. They, it basically, that game... Oh, for, for me, yeah, yeah, it's part of the win win loss total. At the end of the day, when it comes to to the record, if you reschedule a different game and play it, but you know, for the FHA, for their concern, that game doesn't matter. So we, we've had a few teams do that. So they're, they're, they're you have to you have to not even look at that game and mm. all that. So it's but in in the, in the sense of the, the point average, you know, okay, you can say American Heritage finishes first place. You know, you're you're automatically guaranteed the seed one through four in your in region four in your regions, which is region four. So you yeah. okay, you, you know you're going to be seeded no lower than four, but you're hoping to get the best possible seed. Period. Right now, you know, for for five through eight, that's going to be all the wild cards. So those are all the what the, we call district runner-ups. They're no longer that because there's a good chance where okay, you know, district sixteen could take three teams, district fifteen may only take one team or something like that. That's you know that's wow. that's the thing here is that these districts is that you know there is like I said there's a good chance and right now the way like go back to six A for example with that with District 16 there and with 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 the, with the Miami teams yeah I still see four coming out because District 14 which is up up right, you know too far off the road in the Palm Bay and Melbourne and that that area the teams are not looking really good there this year, except maybe the one that he'll win the district. And I, you know, this is where it kind of plays a role is, you know, this is what the FHAC and I'm seeing it. It's starting to be clear. You know, there is going to be years where some districts are just going to be total crap. And if 
you know, if, if those teams are not worthy being in the playoffs, let the other teams from other districts that are worthy that may finish third or even fourth, let them in. Let that make the playoffs better, and that's what the FHA is aiming for. And hopefully by the end of the, by the time the, when the selection show happens in the, right after week 11 and all that, when it's revealed who's getting seated where and what games are going to happen, it's going to be, you know, people will understand why the FHA did this and they'll, they'll see better matchups. And yes, I would even say this to this particular point that you could, you could, you could theoretically have a rematch of a district game you know, you're, you're, you're saying between the district game, between district rivals in the first round because wow. of the points. Wow. And I think, you know, in, in that same sense is that that would create very high entertaining matchups and it's going to create bigger gates for the, for these schools to be able to, you know, and, you know, get the FHA gets their little portion of the money, which is because they're sponsoring the, the playoffs. But at the same time, if you get more fans in the seats, the better your revenue is going to go up. And I, that's what the FHA is aiming for here. And, yeah. and I, I, I cannot fault them for looking at it. Back to the uh, because, action on the field tonight. Yeah. St. Thomas uh, is traveling, I believe, to Arizona to take on Centennial. Um, Pinkos has St. Thomas as a 24-point favorite on this. Uh, is, is Centennial being undersold here? Um, well, you know, it's, you know we, I, we, we, we thought we, we, thought we were uh, – you know, be, you know, we were underselling St. People were underselling St. Thomas Aquinas against St. John Bosco, and look what happened. But you know, St. Thomas, you know, I, this is going to be their next biggest challenge after that St. John Bosco game of Week One. And I, you know, it's you know, go, you're, you're going two time, you're going two time zones over pretty much, well, three time zones to be if that's the way I think it. Because yeah, I think Arizona's the one state that doesn't do daylight savings time. And you know, just looking at it, you know, for them, it's you know, it's 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 one of those things. You know, for St. Thomas, you know, they 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 you know they they played you know it was a Strand, they played Strandingham on Monday, and you know they 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 you know they tore them apart, so there was no challenge there. Right. I think you know the question is is how you know are they tired from playing that game or did the you know thing? I don't think that's going to be necessarily the case here. I you know St. Thomas should be ready for this, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if they're. It it would actually shock me more if they lost that game in Arizona than they actually won it. That's the yeah, thing. I don't that think would, they're going to lose know, the game. It's just twenty-four how points. How closer can it be? You know, twenty-four yeah. points. I think it'll be a close. It might be a closer spread than twenty-four points, but at the same time, it's you know, it, it's one of those things. that's like, you know, sometimes Joe is right and sometimes Joe isn't. <laughs> Why? Yeah, there? well, we know this is all of this is uh, computerized. Anyway, uh, yeah, in five A, we've got Orlando Jones versus Bishop Moore, two potential um, playoff. Participants um, should be an interesting game tonight in the Orlando area. I mean, it, it's just it's it's one of those things with with what's going on, you know, with, with the, with in the Orlando area, and you know, it's it's you know, there's this different, you know, with the different games down there. Thing, I mean, looking at some of these games, I mean, just just in the Orlando area, I mean, that you know, trying to. Losing my mind here all of a sudden. I'm thinking Orlando with all these games because a lot of like, oh, Orlando and the things, a lot of these areas, you know, with, the, with the teams around the state, you know, going on with, especially in some of these areas here, you know, it's just really, you know, with, with the points and looking at what thing, I, I can't tell you, with the, you know, just with the district games and stuff, you know, a lot of these district games this week in a lot of areas are just going to be their gimmies because mm-hmm. you, you look at it and you know it's gimmies and we're, we're, we, we may not see the. We, we, I, I want to say this. 
I don't think the dogfight is going to necessarily be just yet here. I think in the next couple of weeks after we after we get through like next week with week seven, which is you know basically a virtually non district week for a lot of teams, right. we're going to start seeing the dogfights happen because the teams are going to be worried about their positioning. Okay, do I am I going to have enough points, or or is my point average going to be even worthy, or who's doing what? You're starting to start cheer, you're going to start seeing teams start cheerleading for other teams now, which is unusual. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit of a twist of things <laughs> there, but that could that could you know indeed happen, um, which would be interesting to say the least. Uh, Oxbridge, perhaps you know maybe people weren't paying that Oxbridge much of attention. Thirty-one nothing last night over Glade Central, eye opener. That that one was an eye opener indeed, and that one I but but I think the other eye opener. In that area, you know, what I'll point it out in the moment here, that eye-opener was definitely, you know, it's like, okay, Glade Central couldn't even score, and I believe that game was at Glade Central, and mm. if that was, you know, that's not a good that's not a good look on Jesse Hesser right there at all. You know, it's, he, he, that's not Glade Central football to not score a touchdown or even zero points in a game. Yeah, and you know how I much patience they have over there in the muck. They do not have much patience in the muck. We know that. How many coaches have they become? I, I mean, Hester, okay, when I started this site in 2010, Hester was the head coach. Now, how many head coaches have they been through? Like two or three yeah. in the Hester back. <laughs> back again. So it's, <laughs> back again. It, it, that, that tells you the revolving door in the muck there at Glade Central. Not so much at Pahokee. Pahokee's been more consistent about head coaches right. over the years, but in the last couple of years, no. I, I think the biggest upset of the night last night, when you want to talk about upsets, Olympic Heights, 25, Dwyer, 22. That one. Yeah. That um, Dwyer one. couldn't hold on to the football last night. I don't know what was going on there. Butterfingers, maybe? <laughs> yeah, good grief. Uh, six turnovers? I mean, that was, Just not going to win doing that. No, you're not going to win doing that, and that's that's Olympic Heights' first win over Dwyer in school history. You know they've never beaten them, and, and for Olympic Heights, I mean you, it, it puts let, let's put this picture in mind. Dwyer's going to be fighting for a playoff spot now. Olympic Heights is going to own the rest of that district this year because if they were able to beat Dwyer, watch out. They're going to yeah. they're going to add, they're going to own the rest of the district. If they don't get to too drunk with success, good. sure. Right, right. And and, 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 and and Chris Kokal, who was the head coach there for the for two years before that, he laid the foundation. And, and Baz Alford, Alford he, he's really taken that and just made it better. And, you know, for, for a team that, you know, has you know not really been talked about, hey, they're getting talked about now because they took down a state power. How often do you see that? That's, you know – the underdog taking down the state power. And I, what I'm thinking, and Dwyer was a 16-point favorite, according to Pinkos. Yeah, um, that was definitely yesterday's biggest upset. Hey, what's going on over at Cypress Bay? Miramar goes in there, beats them 35 nothing. Yeah, listen, we know there are ways away from uh, that 8-8. Eight, eight, uh, what's going on? That 2012 there? game, that was, that, that's been so it feels like it, it feels like light years ago. It really does yeah. in the way the world, way football goes here in the state. And I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't really want to call it. I mean, it, it, the question is 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 one you know it, it, are 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 fans at Cypress Bay happy with what, what how the how the performance is going on? I mean, 
you know, for, for for being one of the largest schools in the state of Florida, you you would think you would have plenty of talent. Is that not the and largest? They, I don't, I think they are the largest high school in the state. You know, over five thousand kids. You know, are, are that right, make, are right that around. Must be that one number. hell of a car pickup line at three o'clock every <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Got to be some fights breaking I, out I, over there. For me, I, I'm trying to understand it is. If you've got anything, what's going on? What, are you not getting the players that you need, or is the talent going elsewhere? And I'm thinking the talent's going elsewhere that they could probably have. Yeah, that's more than likely that's, 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 that's the issue. And, and, but AJ, but you got to talk about A.J. Scott at Miramar, what he's been able to do. You know, sure. it's single, hey, Miramar, Miramar's back. Don't mess with us. Yeah, 35 nothing in eye-opener. Although I, they still probably wondering how they lost that game to Chaminade, but um, they're back on, winning 35 nothing over Cypress Bay. Hey, how about Columbus? I mean, um, they are steady. As You want to talk about consistency? Listen, Miami High is uh, definitely a different team this year. They've been trying to build something over there, and they look like the, one of the jump-up teams mm-hmm. this year. Columbus comes over there and wins the fist fight 21-20 yesterday. You know that's the thing. I think it signals more that Miami High is in the Miami High is more on the rise than saying Columbus. Yeah, Columbus might have consistency on how to win ball games, but I might tell you that Columbus is definitely not the same Columbus team we knew of a few years ago when they were making a run to the state semifinal or the state championship game. You know, mm-hmm. th- this is definitely not that same kind of Columbus program. It, it, but I think it also speaks for Miami High what's going on there, what Cedric Urban is doing, what he's doing. Sure. I mean, sure. Miami High. I mean, it, I mean we got to remember Miami High was a national power back in the days with Coral Gables back in the '60s when, and then you know, Miami High hasn't had this kind of talk about in, in years like this. I, you know, this is where this is where that district. You know, here, here here you go. Here is another potential area with their district, District 14, that the way they're playing. Like you know, Coral Gables has been traditionally been you know in the mix for a playoff spot for the last three four years. Columbus being in that mix, okay, well, Columbus takes the district. You know, it, it, it depends. You know, I, there's actually a virtually possibility the way those teams are playing, you could have a three-way tie in that district. You could you could have a three-way tie for first, and the point system is going to figure it out. Because there ain't going to be no um, on the fields anymore. I'm just anxious to see how this all this whole point system thing it, works it, out here in this first year. It's just going to be a whole lot oh, of yeah. fun but Miami getting that. High, but mm-hmm. Miami. Well, I'm just going to say Miami High is definitely, you know, you can't ignore them. You can't ignore the fact that they play Columbus that close, and they haven't been able to do that in years. Yeah, this, no this doubt about that. that. Miami High is, is a real team. You can't just ignore them just because they lost by one point in Columbus. No, I think it's a signal that, hey, you led most of the game on Columbus. Hey, other teams playing Columbus, you know that you, you, if you want to beat them, you can't let them back in the game. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, you're definitely right on that. And I, I think coming into the season, there were some expectations for Miami High because of Cedric Irvin and some guys that they were able to pick up. And this is, uh, like you say, confirmation of that. So uh, we'll see how that goes, man. Listen, a lot of exciting games already played. More coming up tonight. And uh, we'll just continue to follow this thing. As always, man, appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us and making some sense out of some things here in the state of high school football uh, and here in Florida. Yeah, I appreciate it, you know, to be able to come on and just talk. And, hey, I see, I mean, hey, follow on Twitter, FLAHS Football Scoreboard Show tonight, 10 to midnight. The link will be up on the site uh, here in the next little bit so you all can 
watch the video live. And you can also go to NFHSnetwork.com and, you know, and, and, and you'll be able to find the show there live free to watch. And there's also, there'll be an audio stream available as well through ESPN Tallahassee. So there you go. So many ways to follow high school football here in the state of Florida through my man, Joshua Wilson and uh, F Florida hsfootball.com and fla hsfootball.com um not dot but uh, at, yeah fla hsfootball <laughs> yeah. on twitter one of the one of the places you have to be every friday night josh thanks for coming on man we'll see you again next week all right take it easy appreciate it chad all right and that's going to do us for, for us here on the gridiron stud show we want to thank you again for tuning in to another football friday edition hope you've got you set up for your weekend of uh, high school college and NFL football. If you're not set up now, you'll never be. We got you set up. But thank you very much for listening. Um, We're back next week. Football Friday show. Gridiron Stud Show. Thanks for listening.